G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you may know, there are lots of dimensions to the way that Jesus is described in the Bible. And sometimes there's an apparent contradiction, like in the way God is described as a God of love, but he's also described as the judge. John chapter 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But in other places, like John 5.22, we read, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. So many people struggle with the idea that a loving God might also condemn people to hell. We talk a lot about a loving nature of God, so let's talk about the alternative dimension today and discuss the idea that Jesus is also described as a judge. Dr. Baruch Corman has been teaching the Bible for 30 years. In 2013, he began a Bible teaching program in the Hebrew language on cable satellite TV in Israel and expanded into English language on numerous television networks across the United States, Europe, Africa and here in Australia. That program's known as Love Israel. You can see his expository Bible teaching on Daystar Network and God TV. Dr. Baruch Common is joining us to talk about God's love and his judgment. Baruch, welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you, Baruch. Let's start with this idea of a contradiction. Baruch, is the love of God and the judgment of God a contradiction? Not, not at all. We need to remember that God's judgment is is what's required for there to be righteousness. And I think most people would want righteousness, justice, holiness, all of those things are the outcome of God's proper judgment. And again, judgment is related to truth. So when we hear God is a God of truth, that doesn't violate our concept of love. Righteousness doesn't violate our understanding of love. So it's just seeing the biblical concept, love, play out in every dimension of society and every dimension of a person's life. Do we sometimes misinterpret that word judgment? I know that you sometimes talk about a definition of judgment as in the idea of setting things in order. Uh, When you say truth, uh, then a time of setting things in order will be a time of establishing truth. Is that a better way of looking at judgment rather than uh, just God is a God of love on the good side and then God is a judge on the bad side? How do you think that that should sit? Well, I, I like the way that you put it. I agree with that. Also, we need to realize that the concept of judgment, also for those who are in a covenantal relationship with God, God's judgment brings about vindication victory. It brings about the fulfillment of his promises. The enemy is against God's truth, his righteousness. The enemy is not a righteous judge, a holy judge. An enemy is a corrupter, a counterfeiter. 
So when we look at the alternative of God being judge, what we have is chaos, disorder, unrighteousness, and a violation of those things that are kingdom-related. What about kingdom issues here? Because if God is king, uh, we're talking about the way he might use power to bring about his will. The idea of a kingdom perspective here, and if you're talking about a righteous judge setting things in order, you might anticipate that the king will soon flex some muscle and exercise his power. How do you see this idea of kingdom and how significant that is for us? It's at the very foundation of what Messiah came to establish and get us ready for. We know that the first message John the Baptist uh, preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And likewise, when we look at Yeshua, Jesus' first message in Matthew 4.17, exact same words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is, is near, it's approaching, it's drawing near. So this repentance is turning to embrace God's standards. And because God has standards and they're good standards, there's standards that lead to blessing, standards that lead to a manifestation of those things that that we want, that we need, that that God has created his world to embrace and, and reflect. And without God's enforcement of those things, what we're going to have is is darkness, despair, sadness, hardships, and conflict. But Rook, for that person listening to our conversation today, asking why would our sin deserve judgment anyway, uh, what are your thoughts for how significant it is to talk about this issue of sin and not just uh, sweep it aside and not uh, take notice of how important it is? I think one of the great problems today is a unwillingness to acknowledge that which is is truth, that which is the standard that brings about justice and holiness, and therefore the failure to embrace those things really by default means that we're going to walk according to our own ways. And when a person walks in their own desire, they're going to manifest what you spoke of, sin. And what that literally is, is missing the God's, missing God's mark, missing those things that, that God would have us to do. And the problem is people don't realize that, that in the Scripture, when he makes the first covenant with, with Abraham, it's a covenant to mediate blessing in this world. So sins always attack God's order, God's desire to bless and the outcome of sin is curse and death. So when people reject, reject the concept of sin, whether they know it or not, they are embracing death. They're embracing those things that bring about pain and sorrow, those things that are apart from, from joy. There is no joy in sinfulness. So when we turn and embrace a all-knowing God who has established things that are going to bring about blessing and life and life abundantly, we, we are choosing wisely. We're choosing those things that are ultimately going to give us joy because God's goodness, God's purposes, God's will is that we might experience his, his goodness and then respond to him with love and worship and, and knowing who he is. 
Is there a real need in here for the Christian believer who knows what it is to have received a level of forgiveness from God's judgment uh, to recognise that we're all in this together, the idea that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, no one is separate from that. No one has a special place. So everyone comes to this place where we need to have a remedy for the judgment that is impending upon all people. So when we talk about a remedy, this idea of repentance, uh, something that either you've repented or you haven't. How do you describe that? Well, I, I think that uh, two things in regard to that. First of all, the work, the, the remedy, and it's a perfect solution, is the cross. The cross, and, and many people fail to realize that the cross announces that God is a God of judgment, that God takes seriously sin. The fact that Messiah would die, the death that he died, and, and everything that surrounds the cross speaks about how serious sin is. So the remedy, the solution, the payment has already been made by him. Now, you mentioned repentance. Repentance is something that is ongoing in the fact that the power of repentance is, is producing righteousness in our life. One very important concept is when someone receives God's forgiveness, it's, it's grace, it's free, it's not based upon works, but it does come with an understanding that we want to turn away from sin. So God does not mediate, he has done the work of forgiveness, but one does not receive that that eternal change unless there is a recognition that I want to turn away from sin. Our salvation is not achieved nor maintained by how well we do turning away from sin, but there is that necessary acknowledgement that I don't want sin. I want to turn away from sin. And that's an ongoing attitude that really is foundational for every believer. For the Christian who's talking about these things in a setting where there are believers and unbelievers, no doubt gentleness is essential, but how concerned ought we to be that for most Christians this word judgment has fallen out of their vernacular? They're not bringing into the conversation this idea of judgment because it seems like a contradiction to the love of God. How do you think you gently bring these ideas about God's judgment into a modern conversation? Well, I, th I think sometimes people are, are much smarter than maybe we give them credit, and they realize, I mean, just looking at society, we have judges set up. Those judges are necessary to keep, as you mentioned earlier, order in order to protect individuals, both their rights and their, their, their own individual pursuits. So when a society lacks judgment, and judgment is, of course, related to justice, the, the alternative is, is horrible. No one wants to live in a society without any rules that everyone just does what they want to do. But for some reason, when we bring it over to the spiritual application of that, that people want to kind of set that aside. It's, it's a shame today that, that many times when the gospel is presented, it's not presented as, as Messiah being the one who is Lord but rather simply the one who, who offers forgiveness and tolerates everything. 
it is a real mischaracterization of, of the character of God to believe that God's grace means that God is tolerant and is is not that he's careless about sin. Quite the contrary. God's grace speaks about a commitment to bring about his will. And this is something I think that's very much missing today, the relationship between God's grace, which is, of course, attached to forgiveness, but his grace mediating, producing his purposes and his will. When someone receives the grace of God, if they're not interested in doing the will of God, following the purposes of God, that one hasn't understood grace. And if there's never a commitment to God's will, you really have to question whether that person has received God's grace or simply a watered-down misrepresentation of a religious concept that does not agree with the biblical uh, definition of grace. Well, we're talking about Jesus being judge, and for some, like a contradiction. Jesus and his love, Jesus and his judgment. We're back to talk some more in just a short while with Dr. Baruch Corman. We're talking with Bible teacher Dr. Baruch Corman, and you can see Dr. Baruch Corman and his teaching, his expository Bible teaching program on Daystar Network and God TV. We're taking some time to talk about Jesus as judge, an alternative way to talk about this image that we have of God. Sometimes we think of God as the God of love, but the God of judgment is a way to talk about a balance there in the way we think about the image of God. Baruch, a lot of our listeners today will be thinking these are very desperate times last times, even as the Bible predicts, and sometimes we talk about the end times. And some will say, ought I not be coming to people with a message saying that God is love? How important would it be for me to have this balance, this idea that God is judge? What are your thoughts for an end time audience? Well, first of all, I think the balance is very important. I'll give kind of a, an example. My, my wife came from a very strict upbringing, and she was talking one day. They were out one evening with a, a few friends, and my, my wife said, and this was when she was probably 16 or 17, she says, oh, my goodness, I need to, to get home. I have a curfew. And one girl said to, to her, a curfew? What's with your parents? And another girl that was with them, there was three, said, I wish my parents loved me enough to care what time I came home. And so judgment and having order and enforcing that, this young girl recognized that those things were really examples of God's or of of these parents' love for, for children. And in that same way, God as judge is in no way in conflict at all with a God of, of love. It's because that God loves us that he enforces his judgment. Now, many times we think of judgment as that consuming, condemning uh, penalty, eternal damnation. But that is going to get our attention and get us to be serious, seriously thinking about God's standards. There is indeed a judgment day coming. Putting that aside, ignoring it, never mentioning it, is not being faithful to the New Testament. When we look at Messiah's own teaching, he speaks a great deal about 
judgment. And because of that, we should be people for teaching his word that likewise speaks proportionally in the same way he did and the same emphasis on judgment. Baruch, we're talking to you today from Israel, and the people of Israel, the Jewish people, are looking for a Messiah. You mentioned the word Messiah, and it has some special meanings that perhaps we'll get your thoughts on, because here we are as Christians looking for a saviour, a a second coming, a rapture, and uh, the idea of Messiah, though, a person who would mediate the judgment of God, how do you describe the Messiah image of Jesus? Usually from a, a Hebrew perspective, we think of the term Messiah and King as being synonymous with one another. We all know that the term Messiah or Christ, Christos in Greek, means the anointed one, but it was the king that was anointed to, and here's the key, rule. The king was supposed to administer justice. So the king, by by nature, was also judge. So there's no way that we can look at the Bible and and disconnect the concept of of Christ, Messiah, uh, the person of, of Jesus Christ, and disassociate him with one who is ruler. He says over and over that he's coming again to to rule, and he has a rod of iron, and he's going to enforce justice, his father's standards of justice. And if we're not faithful in sharing those standards, showing what the consequences are for rebelliousness, rejecting his rule personally over one's individual life, if we don't do a good job sharing that, We're not being faithful to him. We are not giving the proper biblical uh, definition, revealing the character of the one who is Savior. When we think of the love of God and the offer of forgiveness, those seem to go hand in hand. Uh, But when we introduce this idea of judgment, it's as though we've introduced the idea that a rejection of that love, a rejection of that forgiveness has consequences and the consequences are dire is that a reasonable way to be able to make sense of this idea of god being a god of love and one who is also the judge it 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 is and and i think in your example you're speaking to those who reject it and who will experience god's eternal condemnation but we also need to realize that the scripture says whom the lord loves he disciplines he he chastens That is a form of judgment, not for the purpose of destruction, but for returning one, motivating one to repent and walk in the proper way, the godly way, the pathways that that his words teach and demand. And here again, those pathways, they're not for God's benefit. God gets nothing from our obedience. God doesn't need anything. God doesn't lack anything whatsoever. God's instructions are for us. When we follow his will for our life, it is going to be a great benefit for ourselves, and we are going to have the privilege of being used by him to bless others. And now we see a connection between judgment, walking in the the judgment of God, his truth, and being an instrument of love for others, blessing for others. So, as I said earlier, I think many times people want to uh, criticize, move away, ignore God as judge because they think this is harsh, it's not popular. 
when in reality we know that that a judging judging God is necessary for a kingdom of of holiness, a kingdom of peace. A little earlier, we were talking about that believer who may be even so shallow. It's almost as though their faith is a pretense, uh, pretending to be a Christian, uh, not really acknowledging the essence and the importance of just what it is to recognize that God is king, that he is judge. Uh, Just looking at a scripture from Romans chapter 2 and verse 16, where Paul wrote, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. This idea that there would be secrets in our heart, uh, those things that are laid bare before God, but somehow or other we can uh, put up a, a pretense before people. How do you think we ought to be responding here and not hiding things, but becoming genuinely a follower of Christ? Uh, those secret things, the context would lead one to conclude that they're secret because we're ashamed of us, ashamed of them. One of the things that people really don't speak much about today is that, that conscience that, that God has given to every human being. And through that conscience, we are able to, to a certain degree, see right and wrong. Now, the Word of God clarifies, clear, clearly gives us additional revelation uh, that our conscience lacks, but but we inwardly know that there's a concept of right and wrong, uh, fairness. People speak all the time about fairness and such, and all of this relates to inwardly a recognition that we need judgment in this world. We need even personal judgment. Judgment is related to the concept biblically in the New Testament for also rendering a decision. So it's a proper perspective justice that gives us the ability to to render discernment in a situation which is simply choosing what is right and i and i think all people shallow individuals that are not serious about about faith have not really embraced a biblical faith they can understand that that making wise decisions is a good thing and those wise decisions have to be based upon standards and, and an individual should base those standards upon what, what the Bible has revealed if we're at all interested and have any faith whatsoever in God. In fact, one of the terms many of your listeners will know the Hebrew word Elohim, and that term, the, the general name for God, Elohim, is, is seen many places in the scriptures referring to a judge, that whole concept of judgment. I wonder if we might spend just a moment or two talking about how urgent it might be to understand and begin to communicate some of these issues and perhaps the good news. Uh, We'd be anticipating from a biblical view that Christ is coming. Uh, That's the sort of thing we are always affirmed as we look at the Christian creeds. Uh, We've talked earlier about a rapture or the blessed hope, as you love to call it, and at a time which we might even say could be a pre-wrath arrival of Jesus uh, to take his church home. But the urgency of what's going on right now, uh, the idea that no one will escape his judgment. Uh, Baruch, what are your thoughts for listeners who might be saying, I'll just sit on this and just let it bubble along? How urgent is it to understand these concepts? Well, it's, it's extremely urgent 
There's nothing, and I want to emphasize this, nothing more important than, than what one does with this invitation to receive salvation. That all of judgment, people you know, decry this concept of judgment and, and God must be an angry God and such, but he's done what's necessary, so I don't have to receive any judgment from him. I'll receive deliverance. I'll receive the the outcome of his faithfulness and his righteousness he places upon me. So God is a God of judgment, but he has dealt with it perfectly for me. So I can become a recipient of his, his love and a recipient of his goodness and a recipient of those those blessings that, that him by nature wants to. He rejoices in blessing. Um, I'm in Israel. I'm a Jewish and one of the concepts, probably the main concept concept that we think of God is Elohim Evorach, which means that he's a blessed God. And that, that has to do with God's desire to, to be a blessing, to bless individuals. And all of this comes within the, the spectrum of a God who is a God of order. I wonder if we might finish with this image that we have of God as king, because there could be also a contradiction in some understanding of this idea of, uh, you know, a big, loving, daddy, father, uh, the sort of figure who lets his children get away with anything. The idea of king is really a powerful image. I wonder if you've got a thought or two as we just put some bookends around this conversation about the kingship of God and his judgment. Well, many people don't realize that that the primary role of a king was to settle disputes. People would come before the king, and in the ancient times, oftentimes the city itself, each little city had their own king. This was certainly true in the Middle East, uh, in, in pre-Israel uh, Canaan. And, and so people would come before the king seeking judgment, seeking someone that was wise, that would render truth, in order to bring just that, in order to society, in order to affirm righteousness. So it's, it's interesting to me that if we look historically in society, people came before the king for judgment. That was his responsibility. And now, if we, we look so often in, in many churches that they are afraid, they are hesitant to even speak anything about God's judgment, God's wrath, but, but that's not the biblical God that we see throughout Scripture. And understanding the full character of God is necessary in order to make a proper decision for him. No one wants to, to enter into relationships, some agreement, some business transaction, find out that you had incomplete information. So we need to see the Scripture for a complete disclosure of the one true living God. He's a God of love, and therefore, because he loves righteousness and holiness, he is is required to judge. Well, Baruch, I always love our conversations, and I know that there's a growing following here in Australia, as there is around the world, as people are watching your television programs. Dr. Baruch Corman, who's been teaching the Bible for more than 30 years, he's on cable and satellite TV in Israel, 
uh, and also in the United States, Europe, Africa and here in Australia. His program is called Love Israel. You can see his expository Bible teaching program on the Daystar Network and on God TV. And the website to be in contact with Dr. Baruch Corman is loveisrael.org. Baruch, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. It's a privilege to be part of your your program and to be a guest and uh, look forward to sitting down with you when we get to Australia next. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.